Hi, welcome to The Pipeline, all things CD and DevOps podcast by the CD Foundation. I am your host, Jacqueline Salinas, Director of Ecosystem and Community Development. Thank you so much for joining us. It is season two, episode 25. And today I am joined by Ricardo Castro. He is going to be talking to us about GitOps. Yay or nay? So GitOps is a paradigm or a set of practices that empowers developers to perform tasks tasks that typically fall under the purview of operations. It's a way to do Kubernetes cluster management and application delivery by using Git as a single source of truth for declarative infrastructure and applications. Being Git at the center of delivery pipelines, engineers use similar tools to make pull requests to accelerate and simplify both application deployments and operation tasks to Kubernetes. GitOps software agents can alert on any divergence between Git with what's running in a cluster, and if there's a difference, Kubernetes reconcilers automatically update or roll back the cluster depending on the case. Um, So a little bit more about Ricardo. He is a senior site reliability engineer at Farfetch, MS in computer science at the University of Porto, certified Kubernetes administrator, and Certified Kubernetes Application Developer by the Cloud Native Computing Foundation, working daily to build high-performance, reliable, and scalable systems. DevOps Porto Meetup co-organizer and DevOps Days Portugal co-organizer. He is a strong believer in culture and teamwork. He is passionate about open source, Taekwondo amateur, and a metal lover. So welcome to the pipeline. And before we get started on GitOps, yay or nay, we are going to kick off this episode with our segment, my DevOps journey. So Ricardo, can you share with us what your DevOps journey has been like? Sure. So um, I started my career um, thinking that I was going to be a researcher. So I did that for a while. I eventually figured out that it wasn't really for me, so I decided to move to the industry. And after a few years of uh, doing software engineering, I ended up on a team that actually had a rotating release engineer um, role. So the idea that of that role, it was a role of release engineer and release manager. So we did rotate among the team the process of doing that for a particular client. Since it was a highly regulated uh, environment, that process was actually quite cumbersome. We had a lot of forms that we had to fill out. All the process was manual, and that was a little bit scary for me. But it was like my first actual contact with an operations role. Fast forward, I moved to a company where the the premise was a little bit different. Uh, So we didn't have a regulated environment, but we had a lot of operations Uh, stuff to be done. Very small stuff, but very repetitive. And that was actually my first contact with uh, day-to-day practice of operations. So we had to spin up a lot of environments for very different, for many different applications. We had to do many deploys. We had to actually build tools to allow external um, partners to actually interact with our infrastructure. So that was probably my first real contact on a day-to-day basis with operations role. Up from there, uh, I've started uh, to go into roles more into the operations side of things. So things like DevOps engineer and SRE um, 
type of roles. And that's what I've been doing for the last five or six years. Very cool. Thanks so much for sharing your DevOps journey. So today we're going to be talking about GitOps. So why use GitOps? So um, a few years back, I was working at a particular company. And one of the issues that we had was that we had a lot of infrastructure that was moving around. We had a lot of people um, messing with things, some manual changes, and we started fiddling with the idea that it would be cool if we had somewhere where we actually recorded the state of things. So that was our main idea. So we started fiddling with that. We started doing some prototypes. What if we had this like in JSON format, YAML, maybe this was version in Git, maybe we would we'll build an API. And during this process, we actually hired a new teammate. And when he joined, we shared with him that idea that we were having, and he actually validated that for us. Um, since uh, he, his previous company, which was much bigger than ours, actually had such a, such a thing, such a thing. So we actually thought, okay, so this is this is a good idea. So when the term GitOps actually uh, got coined, and we started uh, thinking, uh, looking at uh, what it was, it actually made a lot of sense to us. So many of the the things that GitOps uh, gives us are actually beneficial. So uh, my, my first um, difficulty that I wanted to solve with, with GitOps is to actually have somewhere where I could look and see the status of everything. So I could see actually see a history of all the changes that were applied to a specific environment. So what, what applications were running. So that was uh, an, uh, one of the main benefits that I wanted to gain with the GitOps type of approach. Another thing that actually GitOps gives us uh, that makes it very easy to actually roll back to a previous state. So because we have everything stored in the version control system, we actually go can go back to a previous version of Git and something happens that will put that in that uh, particular state. Usually by using something like GitOps, we also have a uh, usual lightweight uh, process. So we have our usual workflow that is using Git. So we do um, a pull request, something uh, someone actually reviews the code, sees everything, looks all right, makes some questions, we go back and forth, and then we approve that. And then we have some sort of agent that actually knows how to interpret that kind of um, that kind of syntax and actually and actually perform the changes that need to be done uh, to that specific part. Also, these tools are usually architecture independent. So basically we are using something like Git, and then we have uh, tools that go into a Kubernetes cluster and I can do those, kind, those kinds of approaches. Also cool to have something like GitOps is that we can actually compare different environments. So we can actually apply a configuration to a specific environment and then compare between two environments and see everything works. So we can do a change in, in, a, in, um, in a, for example, in a dev environment, we see that everything is okay and we can do a comparison between those two. Also backups come out, come out of the box. So because we have everything uh, in Git, we have like a, a kind of backup of our whole infrastructure in Git. And of course, disaster recovery comes very easy since we can just point some kind of agent to that specification and everything um, can be deployed. Another big benefit is that we can treat um, this kind of infrastructure like uh, code like we do with the application code. We can build tests around it and we can use all normal processes of software development around, around that. And of course, we have high availability of deployment of our infrastructure. So everything is versioned in Git. Um, everything is usually up to, up to date. So when we do a change, we actually get that uh, replicated to a Kubernetes cluster, if that is the case. Um, what are some of the drawbacks 
using GitOps. Yeah, so um, GitOps in, in theory sounds very cool, but once once you start to scale it, it has some things that we have to deal with. Um, so first and foremost, Git is not was not built to be updated programmatically, meaning that we uh, Git was meant to be used as a version control and for humans to use it to actually version uh, to version uh, their code. This means that there will be conflicts and then are conflicts a human has to actually has to go and fix it. So let's imagine a situation that we have two people doing it, doing a change to um, to a Git repository. We have some sort of auto, auto the automated process, for example, that actually has to deploy a specific version. So those processes can actually go, go into a conflict and then someone has to actually go there and fix it. So on a real world project, for example, I've seen uh, people implementing a very sophisticated retry mechanisms to actually deal with those, those, those things. Another issue that can arise with, um, with the GitOps approach is the proliferation of many, many Git repositories. So we usually go one of two ways. We either have a monorepo where we have everything. So we have a lot of files, we have a lot of information, or we usually split the, that information among repositories and point the, the agents to those uh, repositories. That can uh, make things very complex. So we can have an update that updates very um, many Git repositories, and that makes things uh, kind of tricky to actually navigate when you're working at scale. Another issue that might arise is the lack of visibility. What I mean by this is the fact that although Git promises uh, this visibility that we have in everything in our infrastructure version in Git, when we have a big and large infrastructure and, and services and applications, it actually becomes quite difficult to actually see what, what is going on. Uh, so we have many repositories or we have a repository with many, many, many files. So we, if we need to figure out uh, what happened, who did what, it actually takes a lot of time just to navigate through uh, through everything. So basically everything in Git is a file. So we basically have to swift, uh, swift through all the files to actually try and figure out um, how things are uh, are implemented. And of course, that comes at the cost that auditing is not as easy as it seems. Like I've just said, um, because everything is files and we have a lot and lots of files, possibly many, many, many repositories, actually to do auditing, we have to go there, uh, through that, go to Git repository to actually make um, <clears throat> make auditing work. Another issue that might arise is the lack of input validation. So usually when we have an API, when we submit something to it, we had some sort of validation that we can do to it. So uh, using an approach like GitOps, we don't have uh, that kind of approach. Of course, we can use um, things like Git hooks to do that, but it becomes quite cumbersome um, to, do, to, that, uh, to do that on scale. And of course, those can come at the cost of having, again, Git conflicts that we then need to fix. And last uh, but not least, it's not really an issue uh, with GitOps, but GitOps does not solve this, the, the problem of centralized secret management. So one of the issues that we have when we use an approach with GitOps and many people ask is, oh, okay, so how do I deal with secrets uh, now that I'm using uh, an approach? And there are ways to deal with it. So we can actually do something like encrypt a secret that, and put it um, in a version control system, then they have some kind of agent that actually goes there and decrypts it uh, to apply, but it, it doesn't really fix the issue it's, itself. So it's not really a drawback, but it's not helping that on that front either. Thanks so much for, for going into depth. What are some of the tools already available for me or for a developer to start mm -hmm. um, my GitOps journey with? Sure. So there are now several tools, but I would 
point to the most obvious ones that are mostly focused on the delivery of applications to Kubernetes clusters. So the, the probably the two most famous ones are Flux and Argo CD. And the idea is quite uh, straightforward. So they both of them have some sort of a domain-specific language in which you define uh, what is the status of your Kubernetes cluster? And then we, uh, they will, there will be agents running on a cluster. So they will work on a pool basis, um, that will actually apply those changes into a Kubernetes cluster. So Flux was developed by Weaveworks, which was the company that actually coined the term, um, GitOps. And it's uh, a lot simpler than, than, than Argo CD, but it actually, but it also has less features, but it's quite easy to get started with. You can easily, um, just by following the tutorial, actually get an application running on a Kubernetes cluster using a GitOps approach. And it comes bundled with support for things like Helm and customize as well, as well as Argo CD. So it makes, Quite, makes it very easy to actually use whatever tools that you are already having and incorporating it uh, in the in those tools. And Argo CDs, of course, uh, is also very popular nowadays. It comes with a bunch of features, more features than um, than Flux, but it also has a lot of more of complexity. It also provides things like where you can um, put things like automated or manual syncing. It has health status for your applications. You have a lot of integrations. It has a nice web interface that Flux doesn't doesn't provide. It exports metrics to Prometheus for um, for monitoring. It provides a, a, a way to audit trail what changes were done to the environments. So those are I would say that at the the two projects that are out there that have the most following, that have the, that have the most um, momentum, and they're the ones that are better documented and easy to get started with. Thanks so much, Ricardo. I really appreciate your time and helping us figure out how to get started on our GitOps journey quickly. Um, I would just like to, uh, to add that um, GitOps is it's a nice approach. I would just be on the lookout for some of the drawbacks. So when we start going in at scale, some things uh, are not as shiny as they seem at the beginning. But of course, everything with technology comes with um, with pros and cons. But it's it's it is something that is very interesting and it's gaining a lot of momentum. So it, I think it's at least it's something that uh, all of us should at least look into it. Yeah. Do you have any predictions on how the GitOps movement will evolve? Uh, I think it will have to have will have to have more integrations. It will have to be easier. It will have to solve some of those issues that, that I've just uh, mentioned before. Things like how do we deal with conflicts with multiple when we are working at scale and we have multiple agents that can possibly. Um, go into conflict, it will have to somehow um, solve that. So there are uh, many technologists that, that have been proposing solutions for that for that space. And I think it has will be more streamlined. So I'm pretty sure cloud providers will start to roll roll out their own base, probably based on open source solutions to actually do this uh, development easier. And as soon as there, there's an easier way to, to do this, it, I'm pretty sure it will be adopted for uh, the majority of use cases. Things will evolve on that on that front that I was mentioning about. So I think things will get a lot easier. So it, it's still, um, the concept is still a little bit not, uh, I would say a little bit foreign to a lot of people that are used to a declarative uh, way of doing things. So uh, bring up the server, do this and that. So now that we have uh, Kubernetes being more and more uh, standard practice, people are more, uh, are getting more used to a declarative state. So I think that's the next step that where 
people get around the thing the things that are being declarative not imperative and uh, i think cloud providers will actually support this kind of tools out of, out of the box and i think that will be the the next phase awesome well we look forward to get off ca or nay 2.0 um hopefully at cdcon yeah hopefully at cdcon 2022 um but yeah thanks so much for for joining us today and i really appreciate your time Thank you so much for having me, Jeff.